Hey everybody, we've got a panel for you today. It's called Creating Web-Based Video Content That Matters. It is a discussion with an expert panel of vloggers and streamers on how to ensure that your content is relevant, engaging, and authentic. This was recorded in September of 2018 at the RinCon Gaming Convention at Tucson, Arizona. As a side note, there's a little bit of a buzz in the background that I was unable to remove. I apologize for that, and I hope it doesn't interfere too much with your enjoyment of the panel. Thanks for checking it out. We're still busy with small talk. <laughs> so unlike a lot of panels, everybody here has got a smartphone with your smartphone out because we'll be throwing out links, Twitter, Twitch, Shameless. YouTube. At least the phones are smart. Yeah. Well, you can speak for yourself. I mean, I'm just going to say. Thank you. Now so we see what's going on. So far? Woo! Yay! What are we doing? I'm going to sit down. This is a nice panel. You can all sit down. And I've got amazing content creators here because, you know, every Sunday, laughing with. That's why we do. So, everybody, let's go down the line and introduce ourselves. You. Everybody ready? Twitter, Work. Twitch, YouTube. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to do that. You go ahead, yeah. Hi, I'm Todd. I'm the creator of something called the Laughing Moon Chronicles. Um, we do a uh, weekly Twitch broadcast or stream, whatever you want to call it of a, uh, a tabletop RPG that I wrote and designed. Um, I learned very quickly this is not a one-man show. I might have created it, but if it weren't for my trusty team who's over here with me, um, these guys, they bring it to life, they give us the action, they make it fun. I'm just, uh, I just work here. <laughs> uh, I guess if we're self-promoting here, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WheelhouseRPG. And it's the same handle on Twitch as well, so be sure to uh, follow that. Click, like, subscribe, share, all that business. Thanks. <laughs> Hello, um, I'm Glory Hound, and I do a, well, I'm live host for Steve Jackson Games on their channel, and uh, I review board games, I show board games, I also am um, the director and producer of my own channel, gloryhound.com um, and we do board game podcasts or video casts now actually as well as uh, Kickstarter uh, video casts what else do we do? I mean we do so much <laughs> um, I do writing for board games and editing rules uh, all sorts of stuff uh, but I really enjoy entertaining people <laughs> probably and then talking about board games secondary honestly <laughs> mm. Awesome. Uh, one time I got drunk with Steve Jackson. Did you? <laughs> How was, was it? It was at PAX <laughs> like five years ago. And was he more excited? It was like 10 a.m. Anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Brandish Gilhelm, Hank Fernell, Ingrid Bernal. I have a few different names. I'm also known as uh, Frog Boy or Lizard Boy. I uh, am also known as the Bob Ross of RPGs. I do uh, sort of a YouTube channel where I paint with a very calming voice in the morning, and then on the weekends I 
like drink to unconsciousness live. <laughs> and uh, it's called Runehammer. That's how I wound up here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello there. I'm Robert. And I'm Vanessa. We are late to the party. We're actually a local YouTube channel uh, that focuses primarily on movie reviews, trailer reactions. Uh, we've also been competitors in Collider Video's Movie Trivia Schmodown, which is essentially movie channels or YouTube channels that compete against other channels in uh, trivia, movie trivia, most importantly. And uh, we also vlog. Yeah, we do a lot of vlogs like movie locations, and then we go to other places like theme parks and vlog there. Yeah, we're, uh, we've done a few Nightfall videos locally. Uh, we're going to Universal Studios and Not Scary Farm this coming weekend. So we get around uh, just trying to go to those places that we couldn't afford to go to when we were younger, <laughs> and then we film it and we put it on like YouTube. Not scary so, yeah. Actually, we're not paying for Not Scary Farm. They're bringing us in so YouTube channels can get you into places you can for free. Yay. Like Yay. So, uh, But yeah, late to the party. Uh, you guys, you can like and subscribe. And you can do the thing on our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and we have Stardust. All the social networking joints, you know where they are. That's it. Alrighty, so hopefully have a few minutes after the end, after we wrap up, so you guys can ask questions if you have questions, because I'm pretty sure you do, and I gotta get the mic right in the sweet spot here. Mm -hmm. So pretty much for each of you guys, how did you how did you get started? You know, what was what was the trials and tribulations of getting into the creating content on the web? <laughs> We're supposed to be creating content on the web. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I make this up as I go along. I, I've been a writer all my life, and at a certain point, I began to realize people don't read books anymore. So I decided that I actually wanted people to see the content I'm producing. I better create a web presence. So um, we had a tabletop game that nobody bought, and uh, that, was, that sucked. So we decided to take it to uh, Twitch, and we've seen viewers find us a little more readily in, in that regard, not on that platform. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the short end of, of where we are with what we're doing on Twitch. It's, it's an interesting concept to be a, a content creator, and I'm sure everyone's got their, their story and their origins, but um, for me it was about, you know, I was a writer and I had stories I wanted to share, but if I don't have a reading audience, I'm still wanting to tell those stories. And if someone's willing to watch the stories that I'm able to spin, well, I'm cool with that. So. Thank God for Twitch. <laughs> uh, I think that's really important that you said that because um, I started out just doing like demos for board games and stuff and interacting with people face to face. And then I moved into podcasting and interacting with people over the internet with just my voice. And now I'm interacting with people on the internet over video and now live. And um, you're right, people don't like reading things. <laughs> and you know what? Only a minimal amount of people like podcasts. I mean, it's if they're taking like a really long drive in their car, maybe out to Rincon or something. So, <laughs> um, but that is what really changed me and influenced me to move towards web content was the fact that it is easier to reach people, and especially with board games, and the fact that I, if I tell you how something looks, 
you're going to get a certain description in your head, but it's not going to be as beautiful as if you see what I'm talking about and uh, the colors that I'm trying to give to you and or the story or the content and seeing me out there in my face and uh, bringing it to you with the passion of like my gestures as well as my voice. Um, that's what really pushed me into creating web-based content. Oh man, this is heavy shit. <laughs> uh, well, I also props because I'm also a writer, so I've got novels and things. But I don't know. I don't know. Social media, do the thing, whatever. Look me up. <laughs> so novels did pretty good and whatnot. But I actually got into YouTube because I didn't know that YouTube was a thing. And then a friend of mine like dared me to because I was DM DMing a lot at the time and dared me to make like a DMing web web thing like a YouTube channel and so I did it to spite him and then it sort of got, sort of got going and then I have uh, one particular video where I sort of almost died on, on YouTube and uh, that became very popular. <laughs> oh, wow. Hang on, let me write that down. And, uh, and that was when I was reviewing the 5th edition DMG. It's like I, I had a lot to drink and sort of passed down on camera and stuff. And people like that, apparently. And so, I, so I've been playing the sort of masochistic role. And then I'm also a commissioned artist and a writer on the side, but mainly I just am really, like, Moradin made me to process alcohol. And so I do that on YouTube. And so that, that started how the, the, the dare started, and then it sort of became a thing, and then I quit my job like an idiot. And now that's sort of what I do. And so I'm here, and it's really cool, mm -hmm. actually. It's kind of fucking awesome, actually. I don't want to sound like skeptical or anything. Where it's super fun and badass, but it's also really draining and hard on your liver. Mm, well, so I'm just want yeah. to say that. So I got my Odin hoodie on, and I'm just like, word up. So, but you guys are cooler, so I don't know. What do you guys got? We're all cool in our own way. That's, that's YouTube, right? I mean, yeah, we used to drink back in the day. Luckily, we weren't on YouTube at that time, so uh, our content is a little, little more, uh, I don't know, kid-friendly. But how we got started? Mature. Uh, well, we just got it started because we would always just talk about movies, just like sit down at the couch and everything. And then we noticed that other people online were doing the same thing. And one time he went to Seattle and they gave him like a bunch of free gear for... Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, online. <laughs> we, we all had nine to fives doing just regular retail work as well. Uh, and yeah, they ended up giving some equipment. So I had some camera gear. Um, and when it came down to it, like the rest of you guys, whether you were already producing stuff online or some of you are thinking of producing stuff online, um, it's all about starting up. How do you even start? And the, best, the biggest, best way to do it is really to just start. Every one of you has a smartphone. All the smartphones do 1080. So for us, it was how do we take something we're passionate about, which was just talking about movies, and record it and use whatever entry-level editing you can find, pay for it, um, or don't pay for it, but not the one that has like the trail across it that says, this is a special, you get to use it for 90 days. <laughs> um, but actually invest in your it's channel. Like right here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, across your face, <laughs> download it here. But honestly, when it comes down to it is find what we did was we found the passion that we like to do that was fun for us, start recording it, Edit it, put it on YouTube, and you know what? If it, you think it looks terrible or you are embarrassed in any way for anything that you said, because believe me, we are when it comes to our first uh, oh, content. Yeah. Yes. That first video, we were just so embarrassed, but everyone started liking it, so it was just 
you know what, this is something we should do. And that's the thing is there are so many other people out there that were like us, that felt the same way about what we were talking about. That's where your following came from. So just get started because that's exactly what we did and uh, we're doing okay. Yeah, and organic growth is a huge deal too. I know that a lot of people will go on other YouTube channels and be like, hey, I liked your channel, but go check mine. Like, just go. Social media is like a huge thing when you are putting yourself out there. But we'll get more into that later, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good addiction. <laughs> yeah, I definitely gotta agree with you guys. Do what you love, share it with folks. You will find your tribe out there on the internet and they will, they will like it as much as you do. But uh, organic growth, I, I like that because that's, that's gonna be my next question is how to promote without spamming yourself all over somebody else's page. And by the way, my, my, my least favorite promotion is when you go and give someone a bad promotion and say, but listen to these folks. <laughs> Don't push people down. Everybody should be raised up, not pushed down. So uh, how, how, how do you like to promote yourself and grow organically? I'm gonna let them start. I've so far just learned to drink more. But <laughs> yeah, let's go the other way. You guys. Oh gosh, uh, put me on the spot. So essentially, with organic growth, and uh, when it comes to promoting yourself, there are quite a few different ways you can go about doing that. Like she said, social networking is definitely one of the best entities, even though it is you know garbage at times. But for the fans that you are trying to wrangle, social networking is the best way to wrangle those that are actually interested in what you may be talking about, your content, without having to seek them down and hunt them down at, let's say, a convention or in your circle of friends. But uh, when it comes down to the organic growth aspect, be a fan. You're a fan of stuff. You're a fan of YouTubers. You're a fan of a whole bunch of different entities out there online. Go be a fan for what they're doing with your account, with whatever it is that you are representing. Don't spam them, don't say, go watch my videos, you should check out what I have. If you are a genuine fan and you enjoy what they're saying and you're consistent about it, they will in turn look into who is this person that is saying this stuff and because you're probably a fan of their content, more than likely, they will reciprocate that fanship towards what you're putting out there. And there were people when we first started that we were YouTube icons to us, granted maybe had half a million subscribers, 200,000, but when we reciprocated or at least gave our appreciation and our following to them and they saw who we were or at least what we represented and we never spammed them, all of those people have been in videos on our channel and even one will be in one of our videos this weekend. That and also because of the, like how we said we were in the movie trivia showdown, that's how we got into it is because we were fans first of their product and then they kind of saw what we did and they're like, oh, they seem like a good fit for this. But also don't forget the hashtags. I know I personally don't like <laughs> hashtags a lot, but they do help spread what you're trying to market and put out there. And if you think about it, when you post a video on YouTube, you could post it on YouTube and sure you have your subscriber base, but not your followers aren't always on YouTube looking for what you have to offer when you put a video up. So you go to your social networking, because chances are some of them will be cruising Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, whatever. You post 
that you are doing or posted this video or this is the topic you're talking about and they'll probably see it and give them a link. Don't forget the hashtag and they'll be able to figure out or find your content, more viewers, more eyes, or somebody that's just stumbling across a tabletop game uh, that you happen to be playing at the moment. Somebody else could be playing it too, want to know more. Now they found you and you guys build that network together. Damn, that was epic as fuck. <laughs> you should have been on the end, man. Like, when I post a video on YouTube and ask me to put the tags in there, I like, like I write pancakes and shit. <laughs> so I had a little bit different angle on it, which is like, I never wanted to do any of this shit. <laughs> so uh, I just believe in, like, this, um, uh, what do you call it? It's like a, an extreme level of authenticity. So I love that what you guys said about being a fan. Like that's part of being authentic. Like if you're a big dork about some shit, then show me your Lego dildo or something. Oh shit! Oh, crap! Is this a kid-friendly thing? Show me your Lego Darth Vader. Which is also, a, oh my god. Anyway, the authenticity thing is just like absolutely being yourself. Because I do believe that in this era, this YouTube thing and people doing social media and the hashtags and all this stuff is super cool and it's all wonderful because it's opening business up to the nano level. And the nano level of business is finally how we're going to throw off the yoke of all these jerks who've been taking our money from us over the years. <laughs> Hashtag Lennon. <laughs> Not John Lennon. He's cool. But, but you know what I mean? Like we're going to be ourselves and it's going to form businesses. And for me, in my particularly weird case, being myself in a brutally honest way is what sort of snowballed my particularly weird little Runehammer world into existence. And I, I do think that it's tempting for young people right now to be making YouTube and making Instagram and stuff to do the thing. And I think the thing is not real. The thing is, is real people individuals and loving human beings for who they are and loving ourselves for who we are and like openly doing it makes things that other people want to see and feel and uh, at first for me it was an accident so that's why I'm a little bit flippant with maybe how I sound and stuff that I sound a little bit like it's an accident and I'm kind of being a jerk and I say like odd things but for me it was a huge uh, therapeutic exercise to totally be myself in front of n number of people and that number of people did grow over time and that's kind of cool and it wound up being a business but the business honestly is super boring and honestly annoying compared to the fun of exposing yourself to other people not physically speaking although you know if we want to go there that's not <laughs> off limits but to truly be authentic on YouTube or any social media avenue that you choose, to truly be yourself in whatever form your darkness takes, to go all the way and see how far it goes. And I think it's something that's becoming more common in society nowadays that I'm really thankful for. In my day, I got beat up for liking the X-Men. Now you get beat up for not liking the X-Men. <laughs> so like, shit's crazy. So I would just say totally 100, absolutely, no matter what happens, be yourself. And expose that honestly, and it's gonna matter over time. It's weird that you say that, but um, I also use hashtag pancakes on all of my content <laughs> Damn it, as well. that's where all my peeps are going. I know, I mean, it's so weird. <laughs> I gotta switch on. it up, I'm going waffles. Uh, oh, dang it. I'm going waffles. Pancakes <laughs> versus waffles, right now. <laughs> that's the next question. That's right. Um, I think uh, picking the correct platform to interact with uh, the people that you're trying to reach is really important because uh, 
for like for example board games if i go onto twitch there's not a huge following for board games okay let me tell you that's going to be more of youtube and facebook and stuff so i still stream on twitch for that but i'm just not going to get the same sort of people and unless you know that and you've educated yourself about that and the content that you're trying to create and where it works best um then you're going to miss getting followers for that. Um, as well as collaboration, which they kind of touched upon is like, um, if you're a fan of somebody, why not ask for an interview? If you interview that person that you're a fan of, you're gonna have their listeners watch you as well, you know, because then you become this human interaction of everybody interacting together. And that's what it's all about with web content, you know? Um, so definitely trying to get yourself out there and talk to the people doing the same thing that you're doing, getting tips from them, collaborating with them, and hashtag pancakes. Damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm realizing I'm, I'm setting up here with a table of unicorns. It's incredible. These, everyone up here is Please, no. very successful. They've, they've got some really cool things that they're doing. Um, I feel like I'm kind of the odd man out be honest. I've been doing what I do for a very long time. What I do is personal. I don't work for anyone. I, I'm independent. I've created my own world, my own setting, uh, my own game, my own um, everything. I, I own this stuff. Finding that audience has been nothing but an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing like an educational panel, and it sounds like a lot of people are trying to offer some advice here, I don't really know what my advice would be because I don't care to share X-Men or Star Wars or to do the interview with somebody else I'm making my own content I don't have a whole lot of time to be your fan even if I want to be and that puts me in an interesting position because I want you to like my stuff but it's difficult for me to take that time out of my content creation to like yours so I'm all ears up here, man. I'm, this is this is great. I'm I'm drinking and making pancakes. That's tomorrow. right. Damn, it's the Ponyverse, man. But, uh, yeah. I mean, as far as you know, content creation and finding an audience. If you are that person that's looking at an independent creation and to be your own boss, I wish you the absolute best of luck, because it's difficult. If you've got a publisher behind you, that's great. In this world today, finding that publisher, it's going to be tough, though. I can tell you, I've been there. Instead, you've got to simply love what you do, like you guys were saying, and, uh, and hit the streets. Be at the conventions. Be a face. Find that crowd. And what I've discovered personally is that often my aspirations have always been very big because I feel like what I do is very cool. I've got something really great to offer. But finding the people to appreciate that it is tough. It's very tough. I have found, however, that appreciating those smaller circles, there is truly value in that. So, you know, don't overlook what little things might come your way as well. Mm. I'm your fan. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about an interview shortly. I mean, like... Sometime we're gonna Skype something. Let's there you go. You there you I will go. be drunk. <laughs> with pancakes. Of Belgian waffles. Oh. We'll be having like, we'll pancakes yeah. during the interview. This is not a breakfast <laughs> panel. I'm learning. If there are accidents, it's going on YouTube. <laughs> 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 Let's move past the whole pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> bacon and eggs. All the bacon. Bacon. Eggs. Bacon. So uh, th this is a good one for you know bleeding into branding, like like Rudhammer. 
branding. What's the importance of branding for you guys? You know, how did you find your brand and how are you getting it out there? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Uh, well, I started as a channel called Drunkens and Dragons, and um, that's how I began. And then as I grew wildly out of control for reasons I'll never understand, there was a lot of kids and their parents who were watching me and getting a kick out of it and everything, because I do like terrain and dungeon mastering, and I was writing books and releasing novels and stuff and just like going off. Like, I don't like the term ADD, I call it ASS, which is attention surplus syndrome, <laughs> rather than attention deficit disorder, I don't like that. I'm interested in a lot of things. Anyway, so as that grew, Drunkens and Dragons started to feel very insulting toward D&D, which I love, and I've played since I, was, since I can basically had memories. Um, and also, like, there were a lot of kids, and so things started changing, so I became Runehammer. So the branding question is quite interesting, because a bunch of people were just like, what the hell? And I thought I was going to throw my whole YouTube sort of... YouTube doesn't make any money, by the way. It's all the other stuff. Um, but I thought I was going to throw it all down the drain, because I had to rebrand. And so I'm... Uh, this is getting weird. No, it's not. Keep going. I'm so I'm a, I'm a pagan and stuff, and I worship Thor and Odin and, or Odin and stuff, and like uh, my parents kind of raised me that way, and like I don't know, I got weird things going on in my life, and so I just called it Runehammer, and like that became who I was, and the the the, the subscribers and the people that I honestly wasn't interested in sloughed off. And it did cost me. But the question is branding, and I kind of have to return to the same wellspring that I always draw from, which is like, I think a brand in the modern era is a, a human being. I, I honestly, truly believe this. And some human beings are not gregarious enough, maybe, or, or, or somehow widely sort of spanning enough to where it becomes a brand. But I do believe that some human beings are this way, like Justin Timberlake, man. What the this dude's awesome. This is like some bi-curious type stuff. <laughs> or like, I know Harry Potter's fictional, but I'm thinking Justin Timberlake, Harry Potter, like, whoa, I'm feeling kind of weird right now. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, to me, that was like, uh, I don't know, that was a huge moment for me as far as branding goes. I had a killer brand that was making me a lot of money, and I threw it down the toilet. And I said, no, that's not my brand. I want to be this because I have attention surplus. And um, to, to rebrand myself was interesting, but how do you do it? Like, I, if you guys are in this panel, you're obviously thinking about it a little bit, or you're just playing crazy to sit here. <laughs> but if you're thinking about it, I, I would, I'd have to go back to the same wellspring. It's just like, there's something fun about seeing a lot of love come back at you when you're looking at a screen. And these are the, like, you got, I love how you guys talk about, like, you know, channels and social media that you're a fan of as a, as a focal point, because I feel that in some of the things that I watch. Uh, I mean, for me, it's Bob Ross is my absolute favorite one. Bob <laughs> Ross always had love coming out of the screen, and I love Bob Ross in return. And to me, he is the, the branding sort of inspirational sunlight that I always look back to. To me, he invented what I want to be and so, damn, this got like this guy. Super, super deep, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go pagan Bob Ross on this shit. <laughs> okay, you guys, how, do the branding thing. Have you break it down? Do you want to send it to us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know, why not? You're just over there. <laughs> so, branding. 
you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> the biggest thing about branding for us was it, it, where it all started, it came down to I was working at Best Buy in the back room, uh, and I was just thinking, like, I, I, I know I want to start a channel. I know I want to create this, you know, world of discussion and talking about movies and all that, but... Man, everybody's been there already and has done it before us. So we are definitely late to the party on YouTube. And it took a while, it took months, I think, of me just kind of thinking about it. Nothing felt right. And then eventually I had that one thought where we are behind the curve. Everybody has already gone and said or done whatever it is that we want to say. And it's an uphill battle. And at many points, I just kind of left it at that, didn't go with it. But the late to the party came to mind. It was like a bolt of lightning. Uh, an impeachment to an apostrophe, lightning struck my brain, hook. But we ended up uh, going with late to the party. Travis, who is our producer back there, yeah, we have a producer, it's crazy, it's weird, he produces stuff for us, that is uh, created a logo, oh, it's on a business card too, the size of a business card. Um, That's so the, weird. The logo, he made in Microsoft Paint. We used this logo for three years. We've been around for three years and like two months. August, September, three years and two months. So this is how we carried the brand of Late to the Party on a logo that came from Microsoft Paint. It, no money invested in it, just something simple, uh, but we really felt powerful about. So that just shows that you can actually create a brand with a following just on who you are and what you feel, and it may take a while for you to come up with the right thing, but when you do come up with it and it's something that you can't shake off, that's your brand, that's who you are, that's how you feel, uh, and get behind it. You know, you can use that as your, your, your icon. And from then on, we partnered up with a guy who does tons of YouTube channel art, Brian Ward, this guy is amazing. He made our logo, he made this shirt with us, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, our catchphrase, <laughs> hello there, which we stole from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nobody knew that. Um, in our very first video on YouTube, it's, Hello there is how we greet everybody, and they didn't figure that out for like two years that we just ripped off General Kenobi. But it was something that was, you know, it felt right for us. But whatever it is, your idiosyncrasies, your quotes, the things that you happen to, to say or do or feel all the time, that's your brand. Stick with it. Catchphrases come up, you end up saying the same thing over and over, and people start recognizing it, and they get behind that. At the drive and At the drive-in. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. But you start quoting things in your videos, and all of a sudden it becomes a thing that people are willing to get behind, and it all can start with Microsoft Paint. And keep it simple, stupid. What is it? Can you ask us? Can. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and it, it, it works, man. And get behind that brand. And then when you create your social networking, make them all the same. Don't have one different for each one, because... Uh, People are stupid, we're stupid, I'm lazy, I don't wanna go hunting for stuff personally, but if you lay it out there for me, I will easily go and check out everything you have to offer. When we ended up in this panel, I went to every single one of them and what they've done based off what they posted in the description of this panel because I wanted to see what they had to offer, what they can do. Um, but I only went as far as what they offered us. And we did the same thing. We offered Twitter. That was basically it. But you fall down a rabbit hole. One of them is connected to all the others. Stand behind your brand. Make them all similar, the same. Um, and you can have a, you know, a different style on each one, but make it all focused toward whatever it is you're trying to promote, whether it's creating games, writing, 
streaming or YouTube videos of you laughing at movie trailers. <laughs> like when you met R2, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, I do think that uh, branding, it truly is your authentic self because it's what separates you from everybody else out there. I think that some people get stuck on, oh man, I really like this person and their content and what they do and I'm going to try to mimic that and that's not what you should be doing at all. You can like that person and what they do and maybe you can take how they might go through things, but you cannot be that person. You cannot mimic them. You can't do the same thing. You can only do that special thing that you have inside of you and you can give it out to people. And it's you're, like, you're gonna find your, your troop of people that love you and that are going to help you along and stuff. Um, but the brand starts with you and then all the actual, actual branding. <laughs> Yeah, with Microsoft Paint and such like that, you know, Double which I totally actual. recommend. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a lot of time to fill in all those squares, but it happens. It's okay. Um, that's really important for that to be the same as well. Super simple thing. The same font. You know, uh, people looking at your page should immediately recognize that that is you. So just be consistent in whatever that brand is. That's great advice, and that's a pitfall I screwed up on many times in the beginning. Um, everyone said it better, so I'm just gonna let us move on. <laughs> the only advice I would offer is this, fake it till you make it, because yeah. you're not gonna start huge. <laughs> I started a long time ago, I'm still not huge, but uh, you know, I'm gonna fake it and I'm gonna pretend and you'll find yourself on a panel with people like this. So, it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and by the way, everyone check out Laughing Moon. It is an awesome RPG, he's an awesome GM. See? Hey <laughs> So this is where I want to open the floor up to questions for you guys. So uh, should, do you want me to run up to you with the microphone, or do you want me to stay here? Project. I can project. Okay, go for it. What editing software do you guys use? Ooh. Who wants to take this one? Nerdy. <laughs> 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 so it's funny, because there's uh, so many different editing software out there that you can do, but for us, well, we, again, keep it simple, so. Yeah, we use Adobe Premiere Elements. $90 software, and if you buy it with the camera, you get like $20 off at Best Buy. You're welcome, Best Buy. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. You don't have to break the bank on the software. Uh, we were talking earlier with you guys about just jumping in with entry level, as long as it's paid for and you don't have that thing across your face. Um, yeah, go for whatever's cheapest to help build up, and then you know it, you can invest on something better later on. But keep it, you know, simple. I have, a, I have a fun story on that question. Cool question. I worked for Red Bull and Marlboro back in the early 2000s as a video editor, and we had all kinds of dope shit. And you don't need all that stuff. So I use Premiere 2, and like I barely even use it. Um, it. It's the instinct, I think, is what's key. It's like knowing to cut out when you say, um. Trim the hedges. Trim the hedges of Trim many hedges. small villages. I just don't say, um. I'm just saying. Damn. I'm just saying. You don't need that Boom. software. You're done. That's what's up. No. You just cut from laughing to talking. Like, just like. That's right. Just do it live all the time. You don't need editing software. One take. Um, <laughs> I'm super cheap. I use like iMovie if it's on my phone. Um, there's several apps that you can get for free that will lay in. Uh, objects and stuff like that as you're going. I don't do heavy editing in my content. Um, so 
because most of my content is live, but I do use OBS prolifically. So like that's what I use. That's what I record on. Um, and I'm just so good. I don't say, um, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you that want to do podcasts, I recommend audacity because it's free. Oh yes. And it's really good editing Mm -hmm. for audio. Yeah. It's also handy as a personal property. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a great question. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh, keeping our personal oh. stuff personal. That's that's a hard one. Who wants to who wants to take off with this one? Uh. <laughs> First off, never use your home address. You know, um, PO boxes. Okay, so if you're going to be sending out stuff and everything, make sure to use a PO box. Um, I also personally have uh, my brand name, which is Glory Hound, and then I have a name that I give people, and then I have my real name. Yeah. So um, I don't like people being able to reach my personal stuff. And um, if anybody does find me on Facebook or something like that, uh, on any specific ca- account that I don't want them on, I just direct them to a page that I am friendlier with them to follow. Um, but it is very, very hard to get around, um, especially uh, being a female with web content out there. I always stress making sure that um, you don't give out your real address, real name, stuff like that. And it seems like that would be a known thing, but people are really trusting out there. So I definitely do the P.O. box. Yeah. you got to do the P.O. box. That's like a starter tip for yeah. <laughs> doing a social business type thing. And also multiple pseudonyms. I do that too. So I'm Brandish Gilhelm. I'm Hank Fernell. I'm Ingrid Bernal. I'm these different characters. Um, but I have a funny story on that one, which is like all these safeguards you can do, which is like don't release your stuff. And like even on Facebook, you're never yourself and all this. It's kind of like getting divorced, actually. But that aside... Uh, there's a funny story there, which is like with my authenticity thing, is that I used to do this uh, stream called Nice to Mead You, and I would get mead, like lots of it, like honey wine, and I would drink a lot of it. And I had one stream that uh, I like sort of passed out. But before I passed out, I like broke down into tears, and I was basically telling everyone on YouTube my grief about when my mother passed away. And uh, I just basically lost my shit on YouTube because I needed to. I didn't I didn't have any other way to do it and I did it that way and that compromised my privacy. I love that thanks for asking that question because that's a, this is a, like a tactical question. Hell yeah. You need to think about this stuff. But it comes back for me a little bit to my angle which is that I have no guard against my audience it is my brand. And so uh, I took that video down because I was super embarrassed about it. I mean, it's just like breaking down in tears on YouTube. Super duper embarrassed. I'm like a tough ass dude, right? Check me out. I'm pretty tough. <laughs> and so I was like mega vulnerable and like talking about my grief and stuff. Like this is not cool. And then just sort of due to demand and, and then I, I realized I had to kind of face my own music. I had to put that bi- that video back up and archive it and it's up there on for the world to view my stupidity now. And there's some compromise there about where I live and stuff like that. But over time, maybe because of the God's mercy, that has never turned against me. But I do think in the modern era, it's almost impossible to truly protect your privacy if you want to do what we do. People can find everything. And I, I, there, I don't know if there is a way to truly protect yourself. And I, I thought there was, and I had taken every measure, but that night, 
there was no measure for me to protect myself anymore. I had to let it out because I really do believe in this kind of therapeutic angle. Oh, man, this is this panel is too much. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. I'm out. We're all, we're all I'm out. with you on this one. Let's get let's get out of here, dude. Let's go get some waffles. <laughs> oh, just going back off of what she was saying, like just have personal or have separate accounts for your brand, yeah. for your product that you're trying to put out there and keep it away from your personal accounts and everything like that. And I know a lot of times that people will go to our, our account, like our late to the party, and then they'll try to follow my personal ones too, and I just, I don't even, I'll, I'll ignore those and then just talk to them there. And I will poli politely tell them like, hey, I, I follow us here. This is kind of just my own thing over here. And what, one of the differences with us, too, is we don't really have a, a, a different, we don't go by a different name. I am Robert, she is Vanessa, and when we got into the movie Trimish Modem, they said our first and last names when we were introduced. Oh, um, we didn't fight against it, like we didn't tell them not to, um, but our names, full names are out there, and if you look hard enough for the both of us, yeah, you can find us. Yeah, yeah. we're on IMDb. It's weird. Um, but the thing is, though, is like we never reveal anything else about us. Um, they don't know our personal lives. They don't. Know. So many people ask about our situation, but they have no clue because we don't share it with anybody. That's not something that we put on display. It's more so the just it comes down to the the critiques of life that we have is all we give them. Other than that, they don't need to know anything else. Um, but at the same time, uh, like you said, keep it personal and keep it professional on your account. So having those accounts that they can all go to and follow, um, really, I mean, just don't put anything personal out there when it comes to uh, Twitter or Instagram. But when it comes to Facebook, that's the one that ends up having all the information. Lock down your Facebook so that way people can't see your Facebook or they just see the picture and they request a friend and you deny them. Um, but that's essentially the thing. Never tell them where you live. Um, they know we live in Tucson. Um, we are local. And uh, that's pretty much it. They still ask us constantly about personal things about us, but you don't give it to them. There's no reason for it, unless you are a deep and personal vlogger, which there are many people out there that do that. However, they typically have a different name than what their normal real God-given God name is. So, um, but other than that, just play it smart. And it all starts with you. So just P.O. Box, different accounts. And yeah, just don't give up your information. There are only three Sarah Connors in L.A. <laughs> well, now just one. <laughs> and like all things, again, just practice safety. You know, just, just protect yourself first and foremost. So any other questions, guys? How do you deal both emotionally and just in response to trolls? Dealing, dealing with trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, a pretty staunch rule personally and, and with my group as well. The, my motto is don't feed the trolls. Trolls want a response. That's, that's all they want. They, they want to say something offensive, something maybe personal, and all they want is to elicit some reaction from you. If you don't feed the trolls, they will go away. And there are ways to make them go away. Make them go away. Yeah, I also don't engage in comments like that. Um, and sometimes, you know, you have to end up blocking people and stuff like that if it gets too, like, intense where they're harassing other people and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Don't feed the trolls. Like, don't comment on their stuff. Like, they're just out there to get noticed or they're having a bad day or something like that. And I just basically leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. It's just like not necessarily pretending like they're not there, which totally works because they, they want attention so bad it's their food. But I also just believe in like the, the bring the mad love type approach. So it's like imagine trying to troll Rob Ross. We have all the answers we need right there. It's like it's the it's the WWBRD. What would Bob Ross do? He just put a nice little river in there. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, thanks for watching. Because I, I just want to put this, see how the water is, see how it's kind of greenish as the sun comes through? And the trolls are just like, what? But with their name in the comment. Like, you see how the, the cerulean colors come through? Thanks for, thanks for watching. I love the, the way the waves come over and they're just like, are you on acid? But that's, that's how I like to do it. It's just like this infinite love approach. I really like that approach. So sometimes the, the ignoring method, because I've had the Trump trolls appear in some of my streams. I don't know what this lifestyle is. It's very strange to me, but sometimes ignoring, they'll keep going. This can be really frustrating because you're like, dude, you're like being all chill and real and stuff. And they're like, I don't know what they're doing to be totally honest. But that infinite love tends to drive darkness away. Oh man, that was kind of. That was like, <laughs> you're talking to me on that. I was talking to you. Uh, there will be times too when I'll see a comment or something and I will write something down. I'll root, like I'll do it and then I take a deep breath and then I'll delete it and then I'll be fine. So sometimes writing it out helps me with them and then sometimes I just laugh at them because they say stupid stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing is it, it sounds very cliche, don't feed the trolls, but it really does go a long way. And granted, yeah, there are some that keep coming at you. In fact, we've had some for the last three years. Yeah. Uh, one of them still wants me dead. Johnny Utah. I know who he is. And I know his icon. What do you do? He want, I don't know, but he hates me. He loves Vanessa. So that's okay. Um, but one of the he things great point when it late. comes to uh, the trolls, we actually use the trolls to our benefit. Uh, because for one, we don't comment back to the trolls. We let them say whatever they want. If you go to our YouTube channel, with the exception of, of massive spamming and click here for the free download or whatever, <laughs> like we'll delete that stuff. But when it comes to whatever people want to say, we leave everything in our comment section. Now, when there's certain videos, you'll have people show up that want to start a problem. And they start a problem. They stir the hornet's nest. And what ends up happening is if you have enough followers, uh, that are passionate enough, and it can be one or two, it doesn't matter how many you have. What ends up happening is typically they'll come in, the trolls, and they'll not only just comment at you, but they'll comment at other things people have said. Yeah. That brings everyone back to your video, and you end up getting a battle between the comment section, which if other people are doing it the way we do, it automatically starts playing the video. Your video is now increasing in views based off of people fighting in the comment section. So we let the trolls have at it, and there have been some where you see a troll comment drop, and you can check the algorithms of how your videos are doing on YouTube, 
and you'll automatically see a bump, a spike in views on a video that may have been out for quite a while without that many views, and it's because everyone comes back to battle the troll, and so trolls are our best friends. That should be an analytics category, is yeah, troll right? traffic. Yeah, and it, it, it definitely does help because a lot of people will come back and defend you. You'll have people that feel for you and will defend you, and you know, that stupid Johnny Utah guy who wants me dead, uh, other people still come in and say, dude, what's your problem? And I wanted to say that, but they all say it as well. They'll argue, and then he vanishes for a month and then shows up again. But that's the thing is, like, embrace the troll traffic uh, because it does end up helping you, and just it, it does suck sometimes. You get some pretty awful, horrible things that people say, but you, you just have to really get good at not taking it personally and letting it just fester at the bottom because it does typically now fall to the bottom and if people find it they battle it out and you get the views so yeah don't let it get to you can i just add to that yeah because i do social media and you guys seem young right and you're creating content um in your case being you know younger less mature not on you other people i would delete the comments don't ever feed them oh i'm talking don't feed them um, and delete comments because you don't want that on your stuff. You don't want your family who's supporting your videos, loving you, to see that kind of thing. Um, and if you need to, you can block comments. Like a lot of um, Instagram, like or not Instagram, but um, which Twitch, Twitter, basically, you can turn YouTube. off comments. Yeah. YouTube, yeah, you can turn off true. comments if they're bad. If you are dealing with legitimate trolls and they're being mean, and that, that does happen sometimes. I think for it's one thing for content creators, that's cool. You know, let the fans battle it out. For a young creator, absolutely. It's yeah, like that's a toxic it. environment you don't need. Yeah. It's something you don't need to deal with. Yeah. Absolutely not. That's a that stress. That's, that's yeah. a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. Don't deal with trolls. Block them to And as a parent for any content creators on YouTube, you are capable of tagging certain words in the system so that way the second that somebody says a word that you have created in this list of words they automatically do not go to your channel and the comment automatically gets blocked so you cannot see any of those comments so if you're the one that's connected into the actual settings um, and they won't receive any of those comments using any keywords that you pick and they automatically get locked up and from there you can ban them for life just that that account uh, and they don't even realize it. Like they say they're doing all this stuff, it's getting thrown into the ether. They yeah. don't know. But yeah, you can set up keywords to prevent any uh, unfortunate words or comments to end up on your channel. It's a really good point, by the way. Thanks for speaking up. Is that there is a difference between starting and being like a war machine. Like when you're a war machine, the trolls are just like, the meanest tears, bitch, come on. But then when you're starting up, yeah, I, I really gotta thank you for saying that. You, you need to just remove it and keep a positive atmo. Other questions? Yeah, that, uh, so we probably have time for about, whoop. Testing, testing, okay. We have probably time for about one more question. So, how much prior planning goes into making a video? Ooh, prior planning. Who wants to start off with that? That's prior planning. <laughs> we, we planned this one like weeks in advance. Yeah, right? we've been. If there was like 40 mils. It really depends on the video. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 
Do you want to start? Yeah. Hit it. Prior planning, Vanessa. It really depends on the video that you're trying to put out there. Um, when we, for us personally, like when we do trailer reactions and stuff, we don't know when the trailers are going to drop. They can drop and then we have to do it right then and there. So a lot of times, yeah, it really depends on what you want to put out there. Um, if you want to go elaborate with it, it can take a little bit. So when we do vlogging, um, Honestly, you, you never can really plan for what it is that you're gonna go do. Um, for instance, we just recently started doing like movie locations, because Tucson's chock full of movie locations. That, something like that would require prior planning. We went, we did tombstone locations out at Mezcal and Old Tucson and Tombstone, um, and we're trying to put together a video of just kind of a shot for shot. This is what it looked like then, and this is what it looks like now. That requires planning. When it comes to vlogging or just talking about any topic that you're doing, none, honestly. I mean, really, it comes down to being able to uh, just navigate talking to a camera with people around. Um, that's the, the most planning you will need to do is just kind of get better. Yeah, get better at being able to talk in front of people or knowing what to say. Like you said, you're able to just one take. You can do it and just keep talking. That takes practice. That takes a certain kind of personality or practice to be able to pull it off. And it doesn't come easy. In fact, our first video that we created when we went to Nightfall at Old Tucson, there is a moment in the video that Travis left in, jerk, uh, <laughs> that I pull out the camera and I'm like, now we're here at, I don't know where we are. And I just bring the camera down. But it was a moment of embarrassment. I didn't know what to say. Hello, Virginia. We were doing. That's where I was born, Virginia. Um, but I didn't know what to say at all. And it just, it felt like I, I was in front of people. I felt weird and awkward. But when it came down to it, like as you do it more and put up the camera, and there may be 20 different takes, 30 different takes of you just trying to say the same thing, eventually you get better at it. And really just that's the only planning you need to do is if you're gonna talk about something, uh, make it something that you're passionate about or well-versed in or something that you can actually contribute to the conversation. Even if it's just opinion, just you know, get prepared in what it is you're about to talk about. I would never, funny thing is, we are fish out of the water when it comes to tabletop, when it comes to RPGs, when it comes to any sort of board games. And that's why they brought us here. Was, we're late to the party. You guys have all been doing it forever. It's totally cool. Yeah, right? I mean, we, we've got Betrayal House on the Hill, and uh, Forbidden Island, and, and Forbidden Desert. Desert. Uh, but the thing is, like, that's it. We scratched the surface. But when it comes down to preparedness, like, I am not here out there when we're filming out there talking like we're experts about any of this stuff. We are talking like we have no clue what is going on. Teach us, learn. And we're talking to people about their wares, what they have to offer, and what it, what it means to them. So if you don't know the subject, just go in like you don't. Roll with it. You, fake it like you, like you said. <laughs> yes. Fake it till you make it. Just like fake it till you make it. Um, but you know, don't put yourself out there to try and be an expert in something you're not. And really, when it comes to preparedness, just approach it with an organic or genuine uh, sense, and you end up coming out mm. with some pretty cool content. You may think it's not content. It, it, everything that you typically do or say or, or film can be content to somebody. So it's it's interesting because I think that it's an interesting question because it's probably a kind of like a, a what's the workload question or like a what's your life like kind of question. And so I know that I come off as if everything I'm doing is just very flirp and like, dear God, please love me. 
which is still true, but I prepare a ton for everything I do. I sort of treat what I do like being a professor in a way. So I do, I don't know, I'm a super OCD freakish sort of note taker and bullet journaler weirdo. And so I'm used to being a dungeon master and that's how I treat my channel too. I treat my audience like players in a D&D game. And so I will prepare, throw away, re-prepare and throw away ideas again and again for months if not years before I have the courage to then accept the chaos of drinking my way into saying the truth. And so I may come off to you guys kind of like, you know, dude, just be yourself on YouTube and stuff. But the, the real truth is that I, preparation is, is truly what I do. I, I have a one video out called Hell World, which is a crafting video. So I do, I craft like D&D terrain. And uh, in one of the scenes, I like uh, use a cinder block to beat up styrofoam to create a very realistic rock texture. This is getting super dorky, you guys, but just, <laughs> just roll with me. So it, uh, and I'm wearing like a Seahawks jersey and it's like in my garage and it seems like really kind of funny and off the cuff. I did that so many times and hated it. And then I said, fuck this whole idea. This idea is stupid. And I didn't do it for months. And then I would be like, you know, that whole cinder block thing, that's kind of cool. And to come back and then do it. And, but then I would throw it away. And then I, but I have to wait until it feels spontaneous because you can't just come off like I wrote this or something. And so for me, preparation and, and concept is just massive for me. It's everything. And that's being a dungeon master. And that's the root of my channel. I mean, you guys have a very different angle than I do, so yeah. you guys should get into some tabletop shit. That'd be cool. But, um, that's why we're here. But that's how I grew up, was being a dungeon master and running games for my friends and stuff, and that's how I treat YouTube, is like my, my giant D&D group. And so I do concepts that start and fail over and over and over again. So I may come off kind of like I drink on YouTube or like I'm kind of crazy and stuff. But the, the real truth is that I live more like a research scholar. I like constantly read and do notes and bullets and reject it and try again and make it and make it again, especially for my podcast where I'm mega, mega anal and OCD about it so that I can make 30 minutes of like super jam packed, like intellectual mega bomb. And I hate a lot of what I do. I have, I, I often say that people who craft are different than artists because crafters enjoy what they do. And artists hate everything they do. And I'm in that category. I'm just constantly tormented by the quality of what I do. So for me, I'm 99% preparation. And then 1% set it all down and you don't get to look at notes or read cue cards. Or do, it's nothing artificial about it. It's absolutely authentic. But it is built on years and years of torment of being like, how can I talk about like Immanuel Kant in an intelligent fashion? I've been thinking about that problem since I was like 14, which is more years ago than I want to talk about right now. That's a long time ago and still trying to do it. And I haven't made that video yet, but that's a really important video to me and I haven't gotten there yet. So I think it's a matter of decades for me. So if, if you're really asking that question, like I'm thinking about making YouTube videos, like good luck, dude. <laughs> I have the worst answers. Okay, just, let's just move on. Um, yeah, I think that you definitely need different types of preparation for different things. If you're trying to come off as your authentic self um, to your audience, 
you're not going to be able to read a script. You're going to be writing down bullet points and be talking about things naturally. Um, if you're going to be doing interviews with people, you're going to have to be knowledgeable on that content, but also know when and how to ask questions. Because if they tell you about their game or whatever it is that you're interviewing them for, you have to ask a follow-up question on that. So you have to be well-versed in being able to have a conversation of trying to extract information out from somebody. Um, if you're trying to do something uh, that requires more stuff into it where you need storyboards and stuff, for example, if I'm going to be showing off a game um, and I'm going to need to show them how it's played and the rules and this, that, and the other. Um, again, I'm going to be writing bullet points and stuff for that, but I might also storyboard how I want it to look. You know, okay, first I'm going to take a shot of this, and then I'm going to take a shot of that and maybe talk about this. And so you have to have different levels of preparation for the different things that you're doing. So, yeah, pretty much that's a hard question of five seconds to 50 years for preparation. Yeah, yeah. For 50? No, no, the, the other folks have more, you know, longer-term projects out there, you know. Yeah. So, so pretty much the important thing is go out and make something, you know, and make, make something, share it, be safe about sharing it, and uh, make sure everybody stops by, likes, shares, comments on uh, each of these guys, because it was great that they came down here for RingCon. It was great having you guys down here. Uh, there's there's more panels happening. You know, there's the if anybody's interested, nine o'clock. There's the murder mystery down here. Ooh. Make sure you sign up for it. I think there is some swag for the winners of the who who killed who. Ooh. So uh, thank you very much, guys. We pretty much it's uh, at time. So uh, everybody, thank you. Kevin, yeah, for thanks for coming. Thank you. Have a great night. That's <laughs> over. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.